Hi, everyone. Welcome back to ServiceNow's podcast series, Making Financial Advisors Shine. We all know that wealth and asset management firms are facing a shortage of key talent, making attracting and retaining the best and brightest talent a key management issue. In today's episode, The War for Talent, we will discuss how wealth and asset management firms can make their teams more attractive by digitally transforming operations to integrate front-to-back office workflows and using state-of-the-art tools that eliminate manual processes and repetitive paperwork. We feel that the right technology will allow wealth management firms to maintain their high-touch service with top-performing talent, empowered to be efficient, strategic, and proactive. My name is John Almeida. I'm the Global Head of Wealth and Asset Management at ServiceNow. And today I'm thrilled, delighted, excited to be joined by Kerry Gross, the Director of Research Intelligence at Horizon. Kerry, would you mind introducing yourself, please? Thanks, John. I'm so happy to be here. As John said, I'm the Director of Research Intelligence at Horizon, which is a media company that also publishes Financial Planning Magazine. Uh, and I'm so excited to be talking about this piece of research about the war for talent with you, John. Thanks, Carrie. It's great to be with you uh, as well. And this piece of research that you just mentioned is one that I'm excited to chat about today as well. The war for talent competition drives new strategies. And for those folks listening, we will have a link to the visuals of this research that we've done with Horizon. But Carrie, for the sake of the folks listening here, would you mind introducing the research and we can get the conversation started? Great. Happy to do that. Um, as you said, it's the war for talent. We did a piece of research with 600 folks across all of our audiences. And in particular, what I'm really interested to talk with you today are the responses from 102 wealth managers. The bulk of our respondents are independent BDs and fee-only advisors. And, and John, what I'm so excited to talk to with you about is how much wealth management firms are really feeling the talent squeeze. 67% of our respondents said that attracting key talent is a challenge for them, and 54% are having a challenge in retaining key talent. And I'd really love to talk with you about what are you seeing happening in the market? Why is this such a challenge for folks? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, topic, Carrie, and, and I personally have the privilege of speaking with many wealth management firms globally, big, medium, and small practically on a daily uh, basis. And it's a privilege for me because I get to hear from them and learn from them and and, and kind of aggregate that and talk to you about what we're seeing and what they tell me. And, and what we know to be factual is that uh, the average age of a financial advisor right now is 55. A third are over the age of 65 and around one third of the industry or some 112,000 advisors will retire by the year twenty. 29. In, in my feeds daily, whether it be from financialplanning.com or other, I see M&As every single day, uh, groups from large wirehouses potentially going independent or some of the independents going back to the large wirehouses and, and wirehouses are responding obviously by recruiting more aggressively. And the financial advisor job itself has now become the second hardest job to fill across any industry whether financial services or not. And all this happened before the so-called great re resignation, right? And, and what financial advisory firms and wealth management firms are trying to do now is really differentiate themselves to attract that next generation of financial advisors. So what we're seeing, Carrie, is really nearly half of the overall loss of talent at wealth management firms is taking place in areas that directly affect the customer experience. For example, back office support to the tune 
of 25%. Front office and frontline contributors like the folks who support the financial advisor to the tune of 23%. And a few weeks ago, I read an article from financialplanning.com called Financial Advisors Faced with Talent Crunch as the Market Downturn Continues that we're all experiencing these days, right? So what they're trying to do is get creative. They're expanding their talent search beyond traditional qualifications to folks with potentially business or marketing degrees. And this talent shortage isn't just limited to the financial advisors. There's a huge tech shortage as well. Your your research shows that firms are not investing enough in building up their tech resources. And inexplicably to me, they still see tech investment as an expense. And and the the, the wealth management industry is not just in competition with itself anymore. It's in competition with every single industry. Your article said that the industry looks, quote unquote, old and stodgy. So when you're trying to attract this next generation of talent, do they want to work for cutting edge like a Google, an Amazon, a Meta, or do they feel that the wealth management firms are going to offer them an environment with cutting edge technology? And, and that answer remains to be seen. But what we do know is that we can't keep throwing bodies at the problem. We have to automate as much as we can and let the humans work on higher value, more fulfilling tasks. Definitely. And and thinking about, you know, who's who's leaving roles and what how technology can support them. We were really interested in, you know, obviously you said that the financial advisors, there's a lot of crunch because folks are retiring out. Um, and we do see 34% say that they're seeing higher rates of attrition in these frontline roles, right? That financial advisor role who's really working with clients. But what we also see more than that is that 37% say they're losing back office talent. And I'm really curious what your thoughts are around that and how, what changes that impacts on the wealth management firms themselves and and how we can solve for that. Yeah, it, it's a big point for me because I make the argument for why back office staff really are the glue of the firm. And when they're efficient, the financial advisor by extension organically gets to work more with, with clients. Um, I had the privilege recently of speaking with one of the largest wealth management firms in the world and their branch operations folks, the folks who support the FA in their day-to-day operations are called CSAs, Customer Service Associates. And that firm told me straight up, if you solve for the CSAs, you solve for the financial advisor. Why? Because 70 to 75% of the heavy lifting really happens in what we affectionately like to call the messy middle right? Those middle and back office operations. But what we find is that the vast majority of those folks are still working in inefficient manual processes, things like spreadsheets and email, et cetera. And I had the privilege of sitting with a lot of these CSAs from this firm and kind of doing uh, riding shotgun with them on what their day-to-day looks like. And, and the first quote-unquote application they pull up is Excel. And, and they're keen to telling me, you know what? I hate the admin portion of my job help. And I, I actually asked one of them, like, isn't your entire job admin? And they had an epiphany to say, it is, but it feels even more admin and less productive when we don't have the right tools of, at our fingertips to be more effective. So what we see, Kerry, is that a lot of these firms have invested all in the front office, right? Because they feel that the front office is the only alpha gen- generating BU 
in in the firm. And I would argue that, you know, that's fine. But does the front office and financial advisors really need another portfolio management tool, another another account rebalancing tool, another goals planning tool, or or goodness forbid, another CRM? I would argue that you really need a command central and start looking at where's that one-stop shopping for all the folks supporting the financial advisor for things like case management, work orchestration, collaboration. Where is their command central? And if you were more efficient for use cases like client onboarding, complaints management, client updates, trading operations, money movements, et cetera, wouldn't that make alpha generating that much more effective? I would argue that it is. And I think too, you know, our research really talks about why folks are leaving wealth management um, and, you know, why they're losing employees. And what we see really speaks to needing to solve these issues too. You know, the top three reasons we see, number one, compensation is too low. That's always the number one reason, but the, it's the reasons that come after this that I think are really interesting. And number two is lack of support when needed. And number three is lack of, lack of flexibility in work location. And I think those two, lack of support and lack of flexibility in work location really come back to not just the human processes, but also the tech processes that these organizations have. And I'd love your thoughts about particularly um, those pieces, lack of support and lack of flexibility in work location. Yeah, totally agree, uh, Carrie. And now your research obviously quantitatively showcases that to be the case that we've here at ServiceNow agreed with for a very long time. In addition, I recently read an article published by uh, CNBC that said that Advisors want to work with firms that share their values and provide advanced tools and technology. Let me say that one more time. Advanced tools and technology to help them deliver an exceptional client experience, right? Especially for those folks like yourself, Carrie, who are in the ultra high net worth and high net worth <laughs> segment. If only. <laughs> right? Now, you know it's true. It becomes uh, reputational to them, doesn't it? And Support and resources are the second priority for advisors considering a move, right? With heavy demands on their time, advisors want a firm that can give them robust research, deep planning uh, capabilities, but also that end-to-end -end support whenever, however, and wherever they need it. And, and as you mentioned, uh, Carrie, this should be obvious that technology plays a huge role in influencing a decision by an advisor on whether to stay or leave their firm. So as the world moved much more online during the pandemic, clients became accustomed to increased flexibility and availability. And even today, when people are resuming more in-person interactions, I think clients expect to be able to work with their advisors anytime, anywhere, and on any device. And, and, and I constantly hear about this lack of technology over and over again, or in fact, sometimes too much technology that even raises the administrative burden on these financial advisors. For example, I spoke with one of the largest wirehouses in North America recently, who almost proudly told me that they make their advisors learn 40, 40 different applications before they're even proficient. So the question is, do they need yet another system of record? Or do they really need a system of action that stitches all this stuff together? Firms really should be looking at how can we transform the advisor life cycle? How can we look at this holistically to provide the support that they need, whether it be an HR like service delivery, whether it be an IT for things like service management or even customer service management so they don't have to chase 
these kinds of things around, right? They shouldn't be spending 70 to 75% of their time on questions and cases around trading and product and billing, commissions, fees. That stuff should just happen pretty organically so that they can run their business operations effectively. So again, they can spend more time with their higher value clients like yourself, Carrie. <laughs> if only. But fortunately, I do also have some data around this too, because we at uh, Horizon were really curious about, um, you know, what do people managers in wealth management say they have access to? What kind of support do they have? And we, we asked this question, um, you know, what kinds of support do you have available to you? And what we see is that fewer than 30% say they have all the support they need uh, for line items that sit under um, opportunities for advancement. So giving their staff, you know, that clear visibility into where they're going and how to grow into it. And then also into making work easier, you know, fewer than 30% say they have all of the resources they need to streamline their jobs. Um, and that to me was mind blowing. And I, I'd love your thoughts around, around any of that um, and how we can make the job of being a financial advisor easier for folks. Yeah, it, it's mind blowing, but it, it, in fact, it shouldn't be all that surprising because at the end of the day, what we're really seeing here, Carrie, is that firms haven't yet figured this stuff out, right? And COVID certainly shined a light on that and potentially put front and center some firms that may have been laggards in adopting this technology to ensure that everyone has the support that they need. Uh, I spoke to a very large bank recently. Their wealth management division is, is very large indeed. And their senior vice president of client onboarding said that her team during the pandemic could not work from home. And I said, well, why is that? And she said, well, because all of our onboarding processes are paper-based and that paper resides, it's true, and that paper resides in file cabinets at the office, therefore they had to go to the office. So this is the year 2022, mind you. So we have to be prepared for what the future of work looks like and how do we support home offices, hybrid work environments, uh, et cetera. And I don't think it's just limited to the financial advisors either. I think it's also a, a shining light on the folks that support the financial advisors like these folks um, who have to do onboarding amongst other uh, use cases. Uh, but but this is a, a larger problem uh, as well, right? It's also about providing career advancement opportunities, right? Ensuring that folks have career paths and incubation programs, for example, uh, like the Merrill Lynch's and Bank of America Merrill Lynch's are doing, um, and Morgan Stanley is doing, I should say, to ensure that they're right on the right career path and have the tools to be successful in their jobs. And technology uh, that provides a consistent employee experience. For example, only 12% are leveraging technology to streamline the onboarding of new hires, right? First impressions are everything. So if the onboarding experience was clunky, what is an employee to think for the rest of their career, right? And again, this is a symptom of a broader problem where fewer than a quarter of people leaders say they have all the support they need for business processes that support these employees, like you said, uh, Carrie. So, so really this is about the hybrid workforce and what the future of work looks like. Access to departmental services from anywhere, home, work, on the road. Definitely. And I think too, you know, the the piece that we think about with War for Talent is that the competition isn't just for folks who are wealth managers, right? Folks can go anywhere. And so if there are industries that are having better technology, have a better work experience, those are competitors to wealth managers and solving for this technology 
piece really means solving for what work looks like, right? And that's what ServiceNow brings to folks. Agreed. Yeah, I think what, what we bring is really this vision, carried to deliver a unified employee service experience from anywhere. Meet your employees where they are so they don't have to work out of paper and file cabinets. And who knows what's around the corner? What's the next pandemic? What's the next disruption? There's always something in this world. So companies really have to stay ahead of the curve to address what the future of work looks like, a hybrid workforce or what have you. And and don't forget the voice of the home office either. The folks that have to work to resolve employee or client requests should be able to do it faster with intelligent agent experiences, right? And again, it's a holistic automation carry, not just for the home office. It has to be seen across the entire organization, whether it's for HR, IT, client experiences, et cetera, and not just for the FAs as well. I would say we also have to solve for the messy middle between middle and back office support teams as well. So that's that's how I see it, Carrie, and, and that's a bit of my closing statement. And I'm curious to know what, what yours is, having done this amazing uh, research uh, that we just chatted about for the last few minutes. Yeah, I think the takeaways for me in this are figuring out what your employees really want, really need, you know, talking to them, what are the things that they need to solve and making sure that your company culture is is driving that forward. Um, and then you'll solve the alpha generating piece because people, everyone on your team is working together to drive revenue. And so how do you help them help you do that? Um, and remembering that, I think, is my takeaway for this piece of research. That's brilliant. Everyone is generating revenue. I love that, Carrie. So Carrie, uh, that concludes our podcast. Thank you so much for your partnership and Horizons partnership and the fantastic work that uh, you've done on this research. Again, for the folks listening, we will share the link to this research so you can visually see what it was we've, we've just been talking about. But that does conclude our podcast for today. Carrie, thanks again for your participation. Thanks so much, John. And thank you all for listening.